Kremlin Clouder. Um, back at it after an amazing, amazing win against Melbourne at Kennedy Park. How's your voice, Ol? First off, uh, as you can probably hear, pretty scratchy and pretty probably another octave lower than than usual. Yeah, is this all I'm speaking to? Or? <laughs> Barry White, probably. <laughs> we're, I think we were both pretty vocal at the match last night. It was great. Rich, how are you, Melbs? I was, you know, I couldn't believe it. I was at the footy at my local footy club. Um, we had a function last night, so I couldn't make it down to the game, but it was unbelievable. Like everyone in the whole whole building, we had like a big function where we were, it was a casino night, and everyone kind of stopped for that last quarter when we got that oh, run on, and yeah. everyone was behind Geelong, which was good because everyone hates the D's. So um, <laughs> it was very noisy when Tui kicked the goal and very rowdy, and it was it was like being there with the atmosphere, really. Um, I couldn't believe it, but I, call, I actually did call it when we were five goals down halfway through that last quarter, as you can imagine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got a crystal ball. Exactly. Where you, yeah, are, so. you do. I think it was your, your upcoming Cloud of Cat of the Week for last <clears throat> podcast. That was one Tom J. Hawkins, wasn't it? was. And I was too tentative to say five-plus goals this week too. <laughs> <laughs> taking the cherries there. I had many goals, so I was pretty confident throughout the match. He's having a good game. But, uh, yeah, I just undisputed winner there, which... Well, I just went the uh, you know the relatively conservative um, AA Stewart option. AA Stewart you know reliable Can and he, he was yeah. he was solid he was solid Kenya Park is a whole as a whole on a Saturday night I haven't seen it like that absolutely in, absolutely rocking in ages absolutely rocking the fans amazing. were rocking vocal that that atmosphere was amazing actually euphoric ten of the match with um. One of my American friends who came over to Australia just to show him AFL. Yeah, <laughs> what, what a showcase. What a third showcase. party to see. So it's a very good match to show a, an American and a third party to bring back home with that. Um, and also maybe not a good side for the American to see uh, another side to my personality when Zach Dewey kicks that goal. <laughs> very, very vocal and... Um, but but you're within you're within your rights to you know it's an it's an emotional game yeah everyone yeah really uh, gets <laughs> swept up in that madness of of the crowds the madness of the game exactly um, yeah I yeah I can guarantee I went to another level of intensity <laughs> um, so the, yeah the game as a whole we'll go through this again like we usually do game as a whole excluding individual performances we'll put that aside for the minute. Game as a whole, quarter by quarter, it was it was an interesting one, Rich, for the first two quarters. It was the teams almost sussing each other out. D's up by two points at the first quarter. The first couple of goals that they scored, their first goal was off a, a kick-in from us. It was a bad kick-in from Tui. Garlett was just left open in the goal square, kicks the first goal. Just a stupid mistake from us. Yeah. Menzel as well, like a, a fantastic job just on the wing. Great kick to Jermaine Jones. Gets us our second. Hawkins kicks the first off a great league. Starts his first of the night out of seven. It was interesting seeing uh, Tom McDonald lying up lying up on uh, Lockie Henderson. It was kind of interesting that, that first and second quarter. Just the two teams sussing each other out. And even at halftime, I think it was only a five-point margin. Mm. Yeah, we did feel, yeah. we shouldn't have won that game looking at the stats, you know. I mean, watching the game, um, 
it was very even throughout the game. And then they kind of got that running late in the third quarter. And I thought, oh, geez, we're in strife here. And they kicked that first goal, I think, of the last quarter. And then we just slowly, well, not slowly, we very quickly came back with, I think it was, what, four goals in five minutes. And then just that momentum, I just thought that is what the benefit of having Ablett, Dangerfield, Mitch Duncan, those kind of guys, Tim Kelly, all in the midfield at once, what you can mm-hmm. accomplish. And that's something we haven't seen um, from the Cats all year, that quick scoring ability. Uh, that's, I think that's one of the first games we've... Yeah. That's the first game over the last month we've won, which has been that high-scoring game because we got rolled by, uh, obviously, the Dogs and um, last week against Adelaide in the high-scoring games. Mm. Yeah. So uh, we've, we've previously been uh, previously been very static and we couldn't afford to be static in that last quarter. So we just, you know, we were just run and gun and just went just for it. Took and the game on. And somehow pulled it, it off. Yeah, somehow pulled it off. The, the third quarter especially showed how static we were at times. The second quarter, it was still teams feeling each other out to an extent. Um, that Hawkins soccer kick grabs his second. Melbourne's first goal was another Brayshaw, Angus Brayshaw intercept mark from another kick in. So it two or three goals just coming off stupid kick-ins to stupid areas that we shouldn't have given away. Interesting point of talk for the media. I don't think there's much in it. That The danger goal that came from the Ruck, the Ruck nomination in that second quarter, I think we're going to hear a fair bit about it during the week in the media. Um, Angus Brayshaw blocking him from the ball, didn't know that he was the nominated Ruckman. Um <laughs> They had times where freeze went their way, freeze went our way. We could argue Menzel should have got a free late in that fourth quarter. I'm, I'm not going to make an issue of this at all. Yeah. Um, now, it's it's debatable. It's, you know, the whether you think a decision is a good or bad one is subjective depending on which team you're supporting and who is the recipient of the free kick, let's be honest. Um, how many of us can watch a game of sport or football in this case and not look at it with a subjective bias if we do have you know a favoritism towards um, mm. one of the teams yeah yeah definitely yeah but it was the third quarter where it really opened up Charlie Spargo that dribble goal goal towards the end of the second gave them the the lead five point lead uh, going into half time. As you can hear, Rich, my voice is, <laughs> is struggling right now already after the after the, the game. Third quarter, Tom Hawkins, even his off-the-ball work, sets up Jack Henry playing forward for a goal. They take another lead. Now the game's opened up. Hogan over Cam Guthrie, which is a bit of a mismatch, kicks a goal. It's a gone. Max gone free kick for a Tom Stewart bump. Goes back and surprisingly kicks the goal. Max gone the, kicks the a goal. Tom Stewart. <laughs> he loved it bump too. Gone in inverted yeah. commas. Bump inverted commas. Yeah. Yeah. Bump in inverted commas. Let's just make that point. But yeah. um, so they they got a bit away from us here. At the end of that third quarter, Garlett scores. They're up by twenty three points. They moved the ball so quickly in that third quarter. Like you said, Rich, we were just stagnant at times. Uh, Petrarca just seemed to just be walking through tackles. He was, but I thought, I thought, yeah, he he was obviously very upset after the game. But um, Petrarca was, yeah, uh, he, he, saw he him just didn't, and... he didn't quite have that that polish or class to do anything once he did get through those. Like he could have really put the game to bed, you know, with a, you know, mm. longer inside fifty entries. With that snap that he missed, yeah, the snap just... that he missed as well, which is pretty pivotal. 
Mm. From the third quarter as well was another talking point was potentially Hawkins' tackle on Alex Neil Bullen. Tackles into the ground, didn't have the ball for a, a portion of it, and then make what it what you will of it. Is it just a a slight push to the chest, a slap? Given Hawkins' history at the tribunal, I'm I'm fearful. You're this a little bit nervy about it. Um, I'd be hopeful that this just gets swept under, you know, swept to the side or. Uh, he only cops a fine, but we do know his record is yeah. is suspect, the, so yeah. it's going to be Rich, interesting. What, what's your take? Well, they've been think? talking about it all day. I've watched all game, all the all three games today because I've just been at home, and um, I think from all reports he'll get off. There's been a bit of talk about it, but I don't think the record will even come into account. Um, can't remember what uh, what they deem that kind of. I think it's insufficient force. Doesn't get doesn't take the record into account. So I think um, mm. maximum penalty will be a fine, but hopefully, um, you know, it just gets cleared and, you know, we move on. Yeah, yeah. It was the man's 30th birthday, you know, leave him be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah he, I've, it's poetic that he played such a good game on his 30th birthday. Mm. Can he turn 30 every week? That'd be awesome, <laughs> to be honest. That'd be um, great, yeah. I also just want to make the point of, just how mobile Hawkins has, has been in the last um, month of... 40. He's been in career best form. No, not he's the been last unbelievable. Month, yeah. All season, yeah. Yeah, he's... Uh, this is, um, rem, you know, it's reminiscent of, of 2011 grand final type stuff. I At think it's better. Match, was... I think he's more oh, yeah. lively around yeah, the Yeah, he's, he's more of a man that, now. He's, yeah, he's not just that, you know, um, take mark, kick goal. He's, you know, really mm. potent when he gets the ball along the ground. He's kicked goals on his left foot with snaps, you know, from 40 metres out. He's been dynamite, really. His pressure's been good, well, all of that kind of the, stuff. The key aspect to Hawkins' game this season, yeah, he, he kicked a bag on Saturday night. He kicked seven, but... I can't remember any matches where he, you know, he's kicked two or even lower than that, and hasn't had racked up fifteen. Hasn't touches. had at least seventeen, eighteen touches. Yeah. Been mobile. He's his field kicking is amazing. He had three goal assists on the weekend. That one to Jack Henry up against Max Gorn in the ruck, roving his own work, and then kicks a snap. I mean, some of it was just freakish, just straight out freakish. Yeah. Um. Jack Henry looks like another Mr. Fix-It type. We just, we've found two of these types of players in um, Blitzarves and now Henry. You know, yeah. They're the types that can plug these holes and play a variety of Whether roles. Whether it be yeah, for defence or occasionally on the wing, yeah. Yeah, just at three-quarter time now, we're 23 points down. Second minute into it. Tom McDonald beats Jed Buse oh. in a one-on-one effectively. We're 29 points down with 18 and a half minutes on time clock left. <laughs> I'm thinking game over. <laughs> At that point, my American friend kind of sensed my emotions and said, uh, should I go grab you a beer? And I said, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think a, a lot of the crowd were um, starting to – uh, consider the worst possible mm. scenarios. Um, you know, the the possibility of missing finals off the back of losing this game, mm. potentially losing this game. game. Yeah. Well, even without losing the game, we're sitting on 
not in ninth now. So it's, um, you know, it's that kind of season. They wear any how like six points or you know or eight points outside the top four. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. I do think that um, we're it's still in our hands though. Absolutely, it's still in our hands. De- Destiny is still in our hands, so we can. That's the thing. We we don't have to worry about any other team. Other teams in the top eight have tough fixtures where teams within the top eight will play each other. So that that we can bank on. Melbourne, Hawthorne, GWS, uh, Swans losing <laughs> at least a match or two occasionally, and we've got our games against Hawthorne and Richmond. You know, we we've yeah, got yeah, exactly we've got yeah. That, so that we ability. can take points off them. So it we, we have to bank on the uh, the Brisbane and Gold Coast matches down at home. They have to be four points, and hopefully by the margins to increase the percentage. We'll get onto the predictions a bit later. We'll start talking about the Brisbane match a bit later, but. Let's talk about the real good news from the, from the match. And the good news was the fourth quarter, wasn't it? Like from that Tom McDonald goal, 29 points down. Myself, like many others, thought at this point, game over. Um, it wasn't to be. Parfit um, to danger. Danger, a great kick inside 50 straight to where Hawkins was leading. Is this part of... Danger being playing forward that he 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 understands where forwards like the ball now is it is that part of the ability? I think he's always known, like he's just an elite footballer. So you know you kind of just know your forwards' leading patterns. Hmm. Um, and oh, I I think that it would help playing forward to have yeah more of an idea of where a, a forward might like to lead to. But he's got the ability to deliver a kick lace out. Sometimes Definitely. he can shank them every mm-hmm. now and then but when he's on he is one of the best in the competition we've already everyone knows this is self-evident really mm-hmm. but um i also really really liked tim kelly's kick to hawkins lace out mm. that was a bullet as well that was a bullet yeah kelly stanley to kelly kelly spears hawkins on the chest and kicks his sixth all of a sudden with more than half <laughs> with 11 Minutes to go, we're two points down and came on. <laughs> yeah. Who would have thought? There was an element, yeah, of 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 fear from the fans, of shock, of all these different emotions mm. mixing in together. When we pulled it off, everyone was saying after the game, how did they do it? Mm. How did we do it? Because we nobody saw that coming. Who could have possibly seen eight goals in the last quarter coming when we'd only kicked eight? Mm up till that point. And it wasn't that that last quarter we did kick eight, but it wasn't a flat out run out. They did kick three goals four. In between those, <laughs> when we got two points down, they brought it back to eight at times. Tom McDonald got a perfect mark delivered by Melksham, sandwiched in between Guthrie and another defender. So the D's are back in front by eight points with four minutes left suddenly. <laughs> and Game's on. Ablett kicks to Hawkins again. Doesn't take a mark, but he roves his own ball. Kicks his seventh. Just Falling to the ground as well. Face. It just looked beautiful. Mm. Thing of beauty for sure. Two points down, and here we go. Less than 30 seconds to go. Deep inside our defensive 50 with less than 30 Max, seconds to go. Max Gorn going off was the big key moment there, I reckon. Exactly. Uh, exactly. <laughs> he, so Maxi, was he, he, he bumped um, Collar, Collar Jasny on the, on the chin. Got a blood rule off for that last minute. Key, key, key stoppage. Deep inside, defensive 50. 
Stanley handball to Ablett, handball to Tommy A.A. Stewart. Great kick, kick to Menzel on the wing. Menzel, such a brave kick inside to Hawkins late in the game. Who, who was just, just injured. Yeah, Hawkins was up the other end on the ground for about, I don't know, half a minute before he got up then too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he was uh, on his haunches, wasn't he, really? Yeah, he was. He was. I think the med, uh, the trainers came out to him and everything. He had. I thought maybe he'd done his back or something because he's obviously had trouble with that throughout the year, and especially earlier in the year, and then takes that mark and then gets held mm, up. Clunks the mark. Almost butchers that handball, but, you know, hits it perfectly. To Duncan, yeah. Duncan kicks inside 50. And who marks, Rich? Big boy, Zach Tui. Tui, Tui. Tui's new. Oh, <laughs> Tui's new, Tui's dry, with five seconds left on the clock. <laughs> the moment it went just anywhere near him, you could just tell he was going to gobble it up too. Oh. <laughs> I'll... We, we, we talked a bit about this after the Western Bulldogs matches, pivotal moments within the game and seizing the opportunity. Unfortunately for Harry on this occasion, Zach Tui here. Oh, well, Zach Tui did what Harry couldn't in a way. He was actually able to seize that moment. He wasn't overawed by it in the slightest. There'd be no one else in the team uh, that I'd prefer to have the ball over him. Uh, he's just as good as anyone at kicking for goal, kick, obviously. Yeah. He's just a beautiful drop punt. And, yeah, he doesn't get phased by big moments like that, does he? No, no. I, oh, I, yeah. think, uh, I think Chris Scott made the point that, yeah, just as you said, Rich, that uh, the club wouldn't really, couldn't really think of anybody else to have the ball at that moment. Like, yeah, it was just chaos in the stands when he put it through. <laughs> I was uh, just, you know... I wasn't sure it was going totally through for a point. Just, I was just hugging people in front of me, hugging people behind me. Hugging just randoms, yeah. Pumping the air, just like absolutely losing my mind. Yeah. On, screaming my lungs out. On the TV live, it looked like, because there's a bit of a shadow at, um, on that left goal, well, from behind the goals on the left there, it looked like it went through the points. I was I was fearing a score review yet <laughs> from <laughs> where I was sitting. From here. the other angle, it looked, you know, you could definitely yeah. see it was... Straight through the middle, obviously. <laughs> the mate that I went to the game with, he um, in the last quarter, he was you know getting up, standing up from his seat and kind of willing the ball through for the next <laughs> for the for the last three or four goals because he was like just feeling it. He mm. was you know feeling it and was just thinking, energies. <laughs> um, I'm yeah, I'm really getting into it. Mm. And he said to me that that doesn't happen for him very often <laughs> that they're the games of football that you want to see they're and the games of football that you want to be at that was amazing just to see Kalini Park back rocking again huge vocal just at its best but what a master stroke in the fourth quarter from Scarlett coaching staff to put Tui forward did anyone see that coming at all I'd, I'd be lying if I said yes I mean there are, you know we had Jack Henry go forward it was Really good to see if you guys do go down there and actually have an impact rather than just, you know, play the proverbial mm. structure role, you know. You know, when you're down in the forward line, your job's to either lay tackles inside 50 or kick goals and, you know, that's how you mm-hmm. win games of footy. And we obviously had a lot of guys go down there and Jack Henry's kicked his goal. First, uh, yeah, first of many, Jones hopefully. Jones kicked mm. a goal. Yeah. Exactly, and oh, he looked really comfortable, Jack Henry. He took he had seven tackles for the match as well, which yeah. was a game high with um, Dangerfield, which was awesome. Like, mm. 
Oh, it's just yeah. You know, there's just so many positives out of the game. I know we did get behind mm-hmm. there, but um, that's the kind of win that galvanizes the group and really launches us into that you know last month, yeah. month and exactly. Half. Yeah. yeah, so we yeah. we did eclipse them slightly on disposals. Our disposal efficiency overall was better. I think it was those decision making kicks out from the back where we just gave them way two or three cheap goals from our kick ins. Hit outs, Stanley overall. <laughs> Between all hit outs, 34 to 44. Stanley against the undisputed best Ruckman in the league. Got I thought he had a great game. Outs. I thought he had a great game. Stanley, six inside 50s as well. This is the mobility, the athleticism, that effectively kind of an on-baller <laughs> slash yeah. Ruckman that we have if he does this week in, week out. He's in the best form of his life right now. Yeah. Yeah, 44 clearances to Melbourne's 35. We beat them at the clearances of the third week in the row that we beat top opposition at clearances where we struggled at the, top, at the start of the season. I think the area that they did really trance us in and it showed in that third quarter when they were moving the ball was tackles and tackle pressure. 79 to Melbourne, 65 to the Cats. They, they moved the ball quicker at times than us. Uh, they had more inside 50s from that as well, 64, 250. But who won the match, Rich? The Mighty Cats, mate. Just the same team. <laughs> the greatest team of all. The, the greatest team of all. <laughs> uh, it was, that's one of the best wins I've I've seen, you know, um, as good as the wins against those big, mm. short wins against Hawthorne. The win earlier in the year against yeah. Melbourne, it was better than that win. Um, to come back the way we did, you know, how often do you come back? eight goals in a quarter, you're still down five goals and you come back. And not only you come back, mm. you do it after the siren. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. And it was, it was awesome after the siren as well, the, the fans singing happy birthday to, to Tom Hawkins <laughs> and also to say Lingy's reaction on the boundary as well. Um, yeah. It just all comes together. It was Hawkins' 30th and he, he kicked seven. Um, uh, Gary Ablett, you know. Thirty-one, fantastic yeah. game. Mitch Duncan as well, a very underrated game. I thought um, he was probably just as good as Hawkins. I thought he had um, oh, an unbelievable game. Really, he had twenty-five uncontested possessions. But he kind of everyone talks about Gaff being one of the best outside players in the comp. But Mitch Duncan can play inside and outside, and obviously. Um, you know, on the weekend, he he. So individual performances here, Gaz, as you said, and Duncan. Gaz, where critics have pointed the finger at him as his, his attack at the ball and at opposition, 31 disposals, specifically, was it 14 in the last quarter? 14 in the last count? quarter, yes. 15 contested possessions. A, a great return from, from the great man, the great man himself. Seven clearances up there with Danger's nine. Just a, a great return as well. Six tackles, actually, to add that. Not a few. <laughs> Amazing match. Tim yeah. Kelly, I thought, stood out as well. 32 disposals, 11 contested, another clutch goal. It, yeah, it, what a great player. Who's, yeah. who, who stood out from you, Rich? Obviously, we've we've sung the praises of Hawk, Hawkins already. Yeah, I um, thought Tim Kelly was brilliant. Uh, Mitch Duncan was brilliant. They really got us going. Uh, Dangerfield was really underrated. I thought he had 17 contested disposals of his 28. And... Um, that's the kind of bulwark that you know you have Selwood usually doing, and um, Reece Stanley was absolutely huge. I mm. mean, to nullify Max Gorn. I mean, Max Gorn was good, but Reece Stanley had um, eleven one percenters, and he was 
absolutely fantastic. Couldn't mm-hmm. fault him. I mean, he had 21 possessions around the ground, so five Six marks. Six inside so, 50s as well. Couldn't believe that. And 31 hitouts. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Gorney only had 38, so, you know, he really – he probably beat Gorn, really. Yeah. I mean, it was an unbelievable performance from Reece Stanley, and he has just – he's answered – he's silenced all critics, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and really kept his spot in the side now going in going forward. Definitely, Manningola. I thought um, he was my pick for the Cloud's Cat of the Week. Threw out a very good game. Uh, Thirty disposals, fourteen contested. At the end, and at, at some points he was clutch as well. I thought he had a very very good game. Didn't use the ball as well as others, and sometimes. And he did uh, get caught in a couple of tackles. He now did, yeah. So 66.7% disposal efficiency, not as high as Danger, the likes of 78%, 78.6%, and the nine clearances to follow with that. But oh, Blitzarves and, um, was, and yeah, A.A. Stewart as well. Wow. <laughs> amazing. Again, amazing. We, we've just... We've overall, been singing that phrase every week, haven't we? Overall, really, just uh, you know, our version of the the miracle on grass. If everyone remembers the, um, the I don't wish to remember that one. You know, we 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 know that get we know what we mean when we say yeah, that. The, yeah, yeah. The, uh, that 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 should not be named. Yeah, no. the Brisbane win <laughs> up mm-hmm. in um yeah up at the Gabba. Yeah, yeah. Ash McGrath's two hundred. <laughs> yeah, just. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that name. But, <laughs> yeah, it's all, it's almost as uh, bad as if I were to say Nick Davis. Uh, oh, that probably cuts even deeper, doesn't it? Can I you? give you a yellow card or red card? Just a five minute ban from this episode right now. Move on. <laughs> Play on. I mean, the main thing the main thing was that everyone pretty much contributed, and mm. um, you know you need that in games when especially against a good side i know melbourne are probably haven't performed to their best this year but they are a good side and they did play very well and we were good enough to mm. you know put the pressure on them and and you know get the win this is their best season for some time they mm. they're still probably going to make finals you could probably still say that confidently mm. so um for us to do it yeah not just against an average team but against a genuinely good team that now has one of the best midfields in the competition. Yeah. Um, Clayton Oliver was a beast on the weekend. 40 disposals. He, he was he's, incredible. He's one of the most underrated young players yeah. in the competition. I thought Petrarca, he, although at one or two times could have put the game to bed, he still had a great game. Uh, Melksham as well. Uh, some of their blokes were just amazing. Tom McDonald up forward as well, even with high defence with Blitz and Stewart. He he was great. <laughs> I wouldn't call. Um, I wouldn't say that uh, Clayton Oliver is necessarily underrated. I think people do know how how good he he actually is. I just don't think they probably. He's not a real marketable kind of uh, player, but he's in and under, and he's hard as anything, hard as a cat's head. Would love to have him at the Cats. I'm sure. Oh, yeah, uh, I can't see that happening, unfortunately. But <laughs> uh, One can dream, I'm sure. Yeah. Can, uh, can, can Oscar McDonald be matched on Tom Hawkins every week? That would be a That would also be, be a dream. Nice, nice, yeah. <laughs> that was just a mismatch and a half, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> We've sung the praises of many players there, and even the likes of Jack Henry up forward, just a surprise package. First game up forward this season and in the mid-forward, played a, a great game and provided something that we, we haven't seen up there. Calling out 
players that really didn't perform. It's it's a tougher one here, at creating a, a bottom six here. Initially, I'll chatting to you pre-recording. The three that we we called out to mind in the bottom six were Quinton Narkel, Jermaine Jones, and Jordan Cunico, especially. But the good thing in saying that is that they're all extremely young. <laughs> you want your bottom six players to be teenagers. Yeah, the, the, the young guys. The young yeah. guys coming through. So Yeah. But I no, you know, I don't want to um give them too much uh stick because I thought yeah, exactly, now, yeah. now and then I thought Quinton Narkel's mm. mobility and his he was just silky more often mm, well, it's, like, a, it's a Bruce term yeah yeah multiple multiple times in the game I was just yelling out mm. that is just silk and it's it, absolute silk even if JJ Jermaine Jones doesn't lay a tackle he just runs at the defender he will just not stop running he I can bank on him being a plus 50 game player I love him yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love him already Quentin um, Narkel just such a smooth mover but yeah. um, yeah Jones is a little uh, energizer bunny kind of Mm. really just buzzing around. So, Rich, Cunico finished with 18 disposals. So, on its own, 18 disposals for a pretty young bloke on the wing isn't a bad return if you look at that in isolation. His game yeah. as a whole, what, what did you think of that? Uh, just the impact kind of thing is what I looked at, and um, I didn't think the impact was mm. quite there, really. I mean, yeah. I think Murdoch will probably come in for him. I, I yeah I hope so and this is not no criticism to Cunico, amazing amazing player for future amazing player for this season as well for finals but um Murdoch a, a player with over a hundred games in his bank Cunico on the weekend you know, four clangers sixty six percent disposal efficiency just wasn't as effective as potential Jordan Murdoch could have been so that that would be probably the one change that I could only think of again we'll leave that to the preview brisbane a bit later on but apart from those three who who would you put into a bottom six category rich we're we're kind of stumped here would you i mean would you consider menzel like i'd put putting menzel in that category purely because you know didn't really trouble the forward pressure he had one tackle and and obviously didn't hit the scoreboard so um you know, as a role in the forward line, you want to be seeing someone like Menzel hitting the scoreboard. I know it's only his second game back, so mm. wouldn't expect too much for him from him at this stage. Um, but yeah, he'd be in there, and uh, it's hard to pick another two, and I'm reluctant to do so. Really, how did you see uh, Hendo's first game back? Yeah, Hendo was good. I mean, he um, I thought he had a very defensive. strong second half, very serviceable. Yeah. He was. He just looks. You know, he just. He's uh, very secure down there. He's got a lot of leadership that you wouldn't recognise, mm. you know, watching, you know, that isn't measured by statistics. Yeah. Um, you know, he took two contested marks and, you know, had five one percenters. So he did. He definitely did his job. And, you know, he's that yeah. kind of stay-at-home anchor in the back line that kind of rounds up, you know, the yeah. defence. So that's his role. 89% he, disposal efficiency as well. Yeah. <laughs> so you can't fault him. I mean, he's not in the team to play make and to attack he's there to stop goals and i think to an extent he beat his man i'm not, and and he did his job for the team mm. dan Manzel, I'm, I'm i am pretty positive with him second game back but he did provide three goal assists that one of the first first term where he he swings onto his right boot and just 
a great kick towards JJ, puts it in. Again, <laughs> clutch moments at the very end. Brave, brave, essential kick to Tom Hawkins in the centre that's able to feed off the handball to Duncan. And if he didn't do Tui. that, we wouldn't have won the game. That's effectively three goal assists in the match to Dan Menzel. He didn't get in the scoreboard himself, but finishes the game with 88.9% disposal efficiency. So... I am positive from Dan to step up from seven possessions last week. It, it it was better than last week. And hopefully he can move on that against Brisbane at Kidinia Park as well. So having three games under his belt, we can just hope onwards and upwards for Dan. Mm. But Rich, I'm going to be ruthless with you. Three players listed in that category currently, Cunico... JJ and Quinton Narkle, and then we're all very supportive in them long term. I'm not criticising all, but just as a bottom six, can we put, can we put? I'll, I'll, I've got another one to um, put in there. We've got Cam Guthrie, yes, just for his yes. lofty standards. Um, he had the 13 touches, only two marks, um, a couple of rebound 50s, and you know didn't put too much pressure on with the three tackles, two uh, one percenters. Mm. Um, he wasn't on the ground for too long. I will admit. Um, don't think it was doing a hard roll or tag or anyone. I think it was just his his role in the back line there. And, you know, we're used to Guthrie, you know, attacking and taking the game on and having moments of brilliance. So, I mean, it wasn't a bad game by any means, but if you have to put someone in the bottom six, he probably was on in terms of impact on the night in mm. that kind of category. Uh, Jed, Jed Buse. And I would have said Jed, Jed Buse next as well. I mean, 15 touches... Yeah. You know, he had the five marks, so he wasn't bad by any sorts. But um, in terms of impact, he's probably just a bit. Um, well, not he didn't have any negative impact or positive impact. It was just a it was a solid game. But mm. um, there's always more more to improve for him as well. Did we find Did we find that uh, Brandon Parfit got caught a couple of times? He did, but I think tackles. he had probably his best game back since his return from injury. Just the twenty disposals being on the ball. Uh, seven, and he had a few clearance, seven contested disposals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, yeah I really shoveling the game. handball out. Yeah. I saw him a yeah. couple of times. Inside fifties as well. Where he had a couple of those, which were important in that last quarter. So in the past weeks, he hasn't turned it on, and this was this was he did a step have an up. Impact on the game, very much yeah. a step up. So he wasn't in the bottom six at all. Scott Selwood. I thought Scoot did well in his. He had he played that defensive role. I mean, he he was on and off. Clayton Oliver, I know Clayton played well, but he had not his usual impact. I mean, he only had three tackles. We're used to him having a fair few. Um, not not the most disposals or marks or anything, but I think he's pretty clean. He's Scooter actually doing, eclipsed you know. his brother in disposals. Joel ended yeah, up with 16. You can't that, put that's a rare on a, bottom, on a tag, six, which was... Melbourne he, did great right on I don't Joel. think you could ever put no. the captain in the bottom <laughs> six. He's not in the bottom six, but, <laughs> but I'll just point out Melbourne's did a great job on mitigating Joel Selwood's influence. But what that did provide the positives was the likes of Ablett and Danger and others around the stoppages to get involved on the ball. So thank you, Mel. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, a, yeah, maybe they've put so much effort into curtailing the impact of one player that it's mm-hmm. let other players free. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there's... The players that we've named and put into a potential bottom six category, they're all positive signs, aren't they, Rich? They're all extremely young players that we know are just going to get better and better. Yep. Or the uh, likes of Menzel that are just back from injury and improving. Correct. And, you know, that, that's it. And 
you know, the the bottom six, you know, you're only as good as your bottom six in a game and, and those bottom six, you know, weren't terrible. So um, that's a very big positive to take out of it that we had 22 contributors and that, you know, there's that stability in the team now and I think we're starting to gel a bit more and we're kind of getting that, we spoke about it a few weeks ago, having the same 22 play with each other each week. So yeah. um, it's a really good thing coming into finals that we've kind of, you know, got over all these injuries and hopefully we can keep the list fit and, and um, really go into finals, you know, with uh, other teams not wanting to play us. The brotherhood exactly. is, is strong between them. Yeah. I think uh, Chris Scott's comments in particular, just saying that he thinks the club is on the road to something special. Whether that be this season, whether that be this in seasons to come, hopefully Maybe this season. Over several but, seasons, uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope for the best anyway. Uh, Another dynasty would be nice. <laughs> that's a, That's been a very, very happy, um, enjoyable recap <laughs> of the Melbourne match. I don't want to put that to bed. I don't want to say let's put that to bed. I want to hold that with my memories <laughs> for this week and um, going to work very happy on Monday. Let's take a bit of a break, boys. Let's get back at afterwards. Can you nick out up? Back at it all. Actually, um, Bought a, a Zach Tui top, the Arvo of the match, the, you know, the, the Tui's, yep. Tui's dry, that yep. cut draft one. Yep. Bit of an omen for things yep. to come. <laughs> I'll be wearing you that one the crystal ball this week. Yeah, yeah, I think maybe I did. Maybe I did indeed. But it was also another important match down at Cadena on the weekend, and that was the VFL boys. How did they go, Rich? Yeah, we uh, got rolled. And by three points, I think it was. Um, it was um, a clo- it was a pretty low scoring game. It was fifty four to fifty seven. Um, it's down in Geelong, obviously. Um, that's you know I think it was probably a bit of an impact from losing a few of those senior guys who have been you know in the side over the past few months. Um, you know there was still a few mm-hmm. a fair few uh, boys that played. Hall and Smith uh, he got injured in the first quarter and they had the two touches early. Buzzer, mm. uh, I don't think he got injured. Yeah. He only had six touches, so he, he obviously he, he's. I'm not sure what's going on with with uh, Wiley at the moment. Yeah, I think is is, is it a wait and see until Asava's back that that the faith isn't yeah, there just, in Buzzer. I, I was excited, like his his first for the year, for the present. Just, for the I, present. I saw glimpses of you know good things, but you know hasn't really mm. um, impressed me at all over the last you know year and a half. And you know, big Sav's mm. been. You know, he was excellent, you know, earlier this year. And, you know, um, Plugger kicked mm. the one goal. Um, your man, The Rock, was excellent once again. He had 47 hitouts, um, kicked the goal. You know, it's a shame Ray Stanley's playing so well because, you know, he's getting get ridiculous. The game otherwise. Um, Charlie played another another excellent game. He had 28 touches. He was, um, you know, Tommy Atkins, you know, we need to get him on the R list, I think, as well. He was probably best on ground. Gun. Zach Smith had gun. 51 hit outs, um, so he was he, he was good too. But you know he's not having that impact around the ground. Murdoch had the 19 touches, kicked the one goal. Yeah. Sammy Simpson kick, uh, had 19 touches. Grind Myers, Mark O'Connor, 13 each. Uh, Myers kicked the one goal. Parsons played, didn't do much. He had the 20 touches, but it was pretty ineffective. Um, had two tackles, didn't really trouble 
you know, we, and I think in the VFL, you know, guys like Parsons really need to be taking, you know, taking that leadership kind of role and, you know, really leading from the front and, you know, making a stand and, you know, kicking goals or, you know, I've said, you know, about five times because yeah. you know what you want from... Exactly, yeah. Because <laughs> we all know what Parsons yeah. ought to do, but sometimes he just doesn't do it. Well, now, now he's got a potential other... <laughs> competitor in um jack henry in the forward line <laughs> so it's not going to get any easier so yeah it, it, players in the vfl they're there to provide competition some of those we do have and likes of geordie and stuff but ryan abbott for me rich you've, you've mentioned him again having another stellar week my man who I've, i'm saying his praise every every week I think last podcast last week I said if he doesn't play this week, there's there's no point playing him. For the yeah, rest I can't of the see season. can't Why see Jim or Smith him? coming in. It, yeah, it'd be a step backwards in terms of our forward line structure, um, our ruck structure, where Stanley is effectively rucking the whole match, and occasionally Hawkins might do a bit, or Blitz might do a bit in defence. But it, it it would be in terms of continuity, getting the best twenty two. Of players playing consistently out of the pitch, it would be a setback for this season. Bearing that in mind, is, he's twenty six now or twenty seven? Who's that? It, around those marks. Yeah, right twenty six. Bearing that in mind, if he's doing all this in the VFL, is twenty six. Oh no, he's twenty. He just turned twenty seven last month. Apologies. Twenty seven. So is it, he's not young. Where you know, there's there is a. a a weight in the boat and you'll get your opportunity. True, Could he be leaving the club? I think we need to throw. I mean, we've got Ray Stanley in there playing really, really good footy at the moment. So it's not the biggest issue, but I think, you know, mm. we need a, probably a big forward or throw everything to get. No, I wouldn't throw everything. I'd like to get a Bruce or a life set if the price is right. But, you know, I wouldn't be wanting to go two overs for them because, you know, I think, Stanley's holding yeah. his own at the moment, but we definitely need that backup Ruckman. Um, and I think we need a draft bloke. Like, I probably need a bit more speed. And I think in the VFL, mm, Tommy, Tommy Atkins and Geordie Karras, they're just in the best players every week. And I mean, I'd... it's it's so unfortunate for Tommy Atkins and these blokes because they are inside mids that are absolute guns. And you look at our inside mids over the last decade. And just legends, Ablett, Selwood, Danger. Uh, it's just unfortunate that it's not AFL listed first off and is not from that not getting a game. Yeah, where's he going to fit into the team? I, I could not fault him at all if he does try to vise trade and, and get an AFL list on another club. Um, he, he's a gun. He's well, Tommy, yeah, gun. Tommy Atkins is only 22. He's turning 23 later this year and... and Geordie's turning, um, I think he's turning 25 at the end of the year. So, you know, they're probably, if they're going to get drafted, I mean, it's probably, the time probably would have come if that Geelong were going to draft them. But, geez, they've been playing well and I would be, wouldn't be surprised if another club might go after blokes like that in Melbourne. But, um, yeah, the, the issue would be, you know, Hawkins has turned 30, so we really need to start. Well, I mean, we've got big Sav, but I think we need to kind of, Probably start. I think we, the best thing is to go to the draft and try to get a few big boys in because I think we've got that midfield mm. stock probably going through the mm. VFL. At the I moment. think for me, wingers, players with pace is yeah. essential. 
not forwards, but midfielders that have a bit of speed. Because at the moment, for me, we've only had Jordan Murdoch and a very, very young Jordan Cunico that can play those roles. We've got like um, blokes who I think will come in and play roles in the future. You know, Guth, Zach Guthrie and Sam Simpson and Charlie Constable. Mm-hmm. I think they're probably, oh, it's Charlie's mm-hmm. probably not as quick as those other guys, but they're all very young. And yeah. those, yeah. you know, um, Simpson and um, who was I saying, are very quick. Simpson's got yeah, pace. Exactly. Yeah, like exactly. They're kind of yeah. genuine winger types, and I think they can definitely mm-hmm. play a role on the outside. And I think Zach Guthrie especially, I think he'll, he'll, in a few years' time, once he's got a little bit more size, he's just a good, smart footballer. And I think, you know, once he's physically ready, he's mm-hmm. going to be a very, very good player. Constable will be a key player for us. Yeah, he'll probably future. play that forward, half-forward role. Um, be able to play forward or back. But, yeah. We've got, I mean, I've got faith in our recruiting. I think, you know, they know best and they'll they'll do the right thing yep. by the club over, the, you know, the next few draft periods and trade periods. Yep. So before the VFL match against Casey, seven wins on the trot. Uh, a close loss to Casey, who are in the, the top five of the competition. So some good competition there. The boys haven't been done by... By anything um, subpar or average, and and very positive, very much positives to bring out from both PFL and AFL matches this weekend. And if we just want to make the point on late bloomers, let's not forget Podsy Adley. Oh yeah, he was twenty eight when he came into the club system. So you know, if it's possible for him or Top someone else family. like uh, Oren Stephenson, even. Mm who came into the club mm. as an older player, then it's possible for anyone if yeah. you're good enough. And Wells is more aware than that now than ever with recruiting broke blokes like Tim Kelly or like Tom Stewart that are um, If a, if a player is the... ready to come in and make an impact, then absolutely draft them in and, and have yep. them straight in. Um, there's no doubt about that. Mm, definitely, yeah. Well, positive signs from both the VFL and AFL clubs. Well, We'll get into a bit of hearing your voices now. The fans shout outs. Um, Jake Legnegger, first up. Really like Jack Henry Ford. Has pace, can mark and tackle. Can you see him staying there, Rich? Oh, I, yeah, I was really impressed with him. I mean, the way we structured up on, you know, with Hendo down back and keeping Blitz there, obviously that's the kind of. Um, structure they want to go to with the rest of the guys like Tom Stewart running off and being that third man in and all that. I think Jack Henry being such a young player, he can definitely learn the craft of being a forward. I think mm-hmm. he's got that athleticism and you know he's obviously a smart footballer so I think it's definitely worth trying him at least for the next couple of weeks in the forward line. I mean there can yeah. be no harm done by by giving him you know game, game time up there especially if we're still secure in the back line. Mobile, quick, lays tackles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's yeah. only Originally, gonna get bigger and stronger. So it's definitely, you know, it's great experience for someone like Jack Henry to be, you know, playing this early in his career in mm. the in the forward line. Jake also asks also Stanley and Hawkins and Cree best form? Flat out yes. Yeah. Flat that's out, undeniable. Yes. <laughs> Stanley the last month and a half has been exceptional, probably his career best form, and Hawkins this whole season has been career best form. Whether or not he's kicking bags, he's getting disposals around 20, as we've mentioned, being mobile, up and down the pitch, field kicking, excellent. Just 
I think his statistics, statistics on a whole this season for Tom Hawkins has been career best. Mm. So thanks, Jake. Thanks, Jake, for the comments, and thanks for those. Ben Jarman next up. Says, I couldn't watch the game currently overseas, but listen to it via K-Rock Radio. Awesome, awesome job, <laughs> K-Rock, too. They do an amazing job. Amazing stuff from the boys. Tom Hawkins was so superb, especially with his accuracy, which has always been a little bit of an issue in past seasons. Dangerfield and Gary Ablett just show us why they are some of the best players. Stephen Wells, take a bow. Tim Kelly, Mint, Jack Henry, Mint, Tom Stewart, Mint. And how could we forget the man of the hour? Tilly, Mint. <laughs> I love how this team is starting to mesh a bit. And I like Scotty, what he said post-game. He believes the players have great respect for each other. It was a terrific game to listen to and then watch highlights of afterwards. But I'm so proud of the fight in all our boys. And even if he did miss, thank God he didn't, I would still be very proud supporter. Let's keep this momentum going. Not underestimate the new and lately improved Lions group. Go Cats. Very, very comprehensive comment, Ben. Very good. Um, ben, that's a, that's a fantastic comment. <laughs> that's a fantastic comment, Ben. I would uh, also just want to make the point on, on Jack Henry, just from Jake's comment earlier. Um, long term, I would see Jake uh, or would see it... Um, Sorry, Jack Henry. I'd see him as a long-term backman, but for now he can develop that swingman, mm. swingman. Um, well, initially forward in the VFL position, then. That's the thing though about AFL and... now is I think you know recruiters take big uh, a lot of weight of you know as to a player's ability to play forward and back or midfield and another position. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's extremely good strength to have um, able to play two ends of the ground. And I think that's probably something that will benefit the club if he can play those two two roles. So, you know, you don't want to really tie, tie him down to any position. I mean, whatever suits the team. You know, obviously, he's, Harry Taylor's gone through that the last few years playing in the forward line. Clearly a backman. Blitzarbs as well was yeah, for a period of time. You know, it's, it's just, it's all about structure, I suppose, now. So it's important for players to be able to play those dual positions. Mm. Yep. I love the positivity in, in, in Ben's post there. I'm, I'm just ready to get back now. <laughs> it's bringing a smile to my face. Yeah. Someone <laughs> who didn't actually watch the game but listen to it, just to pick out these key moments and just he summarised the, summarized yeah, the he, match uh, and the emotions he, essentially just perfectly there. So Clearly thanks, loves thanks, the club. Ben. That's, that's an amazing comment there. Leon Reeves says, we literally left the win to the last second. Brilliant coaching move by Scarlett to play the four-leaf clover, Tui, up forward. <laughs> I love it. Thanks, yeah, in the last quarter. Two kicks after the siren in a month, but at least we won one of them. The lack of free kicks from frontal contact to men's was noticeable. Yeah, he, he probably should have got a free kick in that, in that last quarter against Neville Jetta. Leon says, the positives as a collective were kicked accurately. 18 goals four, wasn't it? As a collective, we'll keep accurately. Can't remember the last time we were in the kick four behinds in a game. Menzel, although not troubling the scoreboard, played a role with his sublime talent and a few goals, including the last goal, and that's a reason he needed to keep playing. Perfect. And this is the positive that I want to bring to you guys. Three goal assists. You can put Menzel and say, like, okay, he only had nine disposals. He 
He was only Absolutely. on the ball here and then. But three of our goals were directly as a result of Dan Menzel. And the second game back, so I'm, I'm on board with you there, Leon. I, I really, really like that. He says, Hawkins kicking seven and also contesting well. Blitzar's playing the whole game. 100%. He, yes, on, 100% didn't, didn't game get, time. Didn't get so off. Playing the whole game and also timing his spoils with was extraordinary. Selwoods, plural. Again, just used to them stamp, stamping their authority on the game. Stanley, well-played game, contested well and saved a certain goal in the dying minutes. The more we play and trust him, the more he believes he belongs. Ablett, Kelly, Duncan, what a solid finish to the game. Really stood up and created some silky play when needed. Danger? Well, he's just a freak. I'm nicknaming him the energizing body. He just keeps going. <laughs> the ruck free kick was a great tactical move. Also Genius. good. <laughs> also good to see Lockie back and just looks like a solid pillar we wouldn't mind having. The less positives are third quarter, a.k.a. premiership quarters. We need to pick up the goals we leak in them. Yep, similar to the Western Bulldog match and that. Also, we need to settle on positions now and can only change things around when slash if needed. Henry up forward as an example. That's a good point to make. Uh, if there is an injury in defence, then I think Jack Henry slate, uh, straight swap back in there. Taylor, I wouldn't be gunning on his return. I'd rather just Henry defence, given that he has played most games this season. Yeah. So I like that. I like those thoughts there. Now to next week's game against the Lions. He says, another home game. The Lions are in good form or they're not winning. Well, they didn't get up they nearly got up they nearly uh, won four in a row they did yeah they play aggressive footy we'll talk a bit about that yeah mitch robertson-esque and looks a heavily score so we need to kick away from the start and play a, a more possessive footy game and deny them the ball in terms of changes possibly a fit harry comes in but not sure who gets dropped yeah we agree with that to an extent i'm i'm happy with harry not coming in for the moment i think Just, harry might if, be if, um Still out injured as well. Yeah, assuming that we don't have any knocks or injuries from this match. He finishes saying, Cats by four goals and no more after the siren games. Otherwise, may need to up my health insurance cover. <laughs> we I think on. we all will. Yeah, our hearts were beating just 200 beats per minute, I think. Yeah. But, um, my face was as red as a beetroot, you'd say. It, it was worth it for this match. It was <laughs> worth it. I love it, Leon. Thanks so much for the comments. Keep it coming. Um, as we have pointed out, there will be some end-of-season prizes for the fan comments, so keep them coming, guys. I love it. Heath Harding says, Last night we had the Cats whole season within one game. Some good, some bad, some some terrible, then some sensational. Great win. Hawkins, brilliant. Gaza showing why we got him back. Don't think our skills are elite, but showed what we can do at our best, and that would worry the other teams in the eight. Now they just string the wings wins together. Exactly right, Heath. Exactly Let's right. Build on this. Build on this. Jeff Lynch says, would it be a good move to have Ablett spend the first three quarters playing in the forward pocket and interchanging on a bench, then let him in the midfield the last quarter? No doubt he has lost pace from last season. When the opposition midfield is tiring, would he be more suited in the guts? You don't lose skill but do you lose your pace as you get older? I'm not sure oh, about that one. Yeah. <laughs> I, 
I'm I, not you, sure about it. It, it. it is a good question. You do lose your pace, but you don't lose your skill. But you know, I don't think playing someone in the forward line, then putting him into the onto the ball late, is the answer. I think it's Gary. a good question to pose, just given that we do have the ability to switch Danger up forward occasionally, switch Menegola up forward occasionally, Kelly and Ablett as well. But I'll, did Ablett's fourth quarter really show why he is vital in the midfield? Yeah, you want him playing larger percentage in midfield, I would say, larger percentage of the game. Um, but I can definitely see the merit in Jeff's comment. Um the Daniel Merritt. You know, I would. <laughs> there we are. I would like to. Um, I'd like to see Gaz buzzing around in the forward line. Mm. Um, I've made the comparison to a, a Brad Johnson, Brad Johnson type said, position. Yeah. Smiling assassin. Yeah, yeah. I think those fourteen contest, uh, fourteen disposals in the last quarter from Gaz really showed why he is vital in the midfield. Can play a role in a big game when the pressure's on. That's that's exactly. yeah. That's what that's what that last quarter really proved. You talk about finest player, finest players. He's one of the most evasive types in tight as well. Mm. He is. Last one coming from Jimmy. He says we need to play with a bit more urgency during the game, and not only when the game's on the line. Great comeback and win, nevertheless. Hawkins in career best form, and it was good to see Hendo back. I love it, Jimmy. But I think that the first point he points out, that urgency, yeah, that third quarter-esque type play from the Cats, yeah, that has stumped us in recent weeks. We saw that at Western Bulldogs. We saw that at stages against the Crows. We did not see that at all in the fourth quarter, and hopefully first quarter against Brisbane, that's what we can just start and bring. Yeah, if we could bottle what we did in the last quarter for you know the next month mm. and beyond, we could be premiers. Yeah, Hopefully. that's the equation. That is Hopefully. the equation. Someone <laughs> needs to somehow figure out how to bottle what we did, <laughs> and then uh, keep it for ourselves so no one else has it. So an awesome weekend at the days. Awesome finish, Zach Tui. Keep that with you forever. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that memory. We're just the supporters. We're just the ones that <laughs> watch you do this, watch you do these things. So that's yours. Own that moment. Own that forever. <laughs> yeah, and we'll we'll own we'll own it in our memories. And this game will be talked about, you know, f- for all of time now for the club as one of the brilliant mm, wins, comebacks, one of the, yeah. the the best home and away wins. At, at Cadinia Park mm. in recent memory. Definitely, yep. Well, moving on from one of the best wins at Cadinia Park in recent memory to hopefully another one. Um, we're playing Brisbane this weekend at Cadinia Park as well, which is good because Rich, in the last month, they've been a very formidable outfit. Yeah. Three wins out of four and nearly getting over Adelaide as well. Could have been four in a row for Brisbane. They've just turned a corner. Yeah, I think they've you know their young talent and and is starting to gel really well with the older blokes like Daniel Rich and Steph Martin. Um, Witherden's an absolute superstar. Mm. Um, their last month of footy's been fantastic. I really like I really like the Lions as a footy club, and I think Chris Fagan's just got them you know really you know playing well. Um, Josh Walker, Alan Christensen, yeah, ex, they're they're putting ex, in some yeah. good performances um, for the Lions. 
Um, is, obviously, is Josh Walker been playing up back? Yeah, yeah, he's been playing. Yeah, down he took back. an absolute hanger today well, too. Yeah. Up back, down back, yeah, <laughs> down back. <laughs> he uh, took a hanger today. Um, they've got some real good talent. I think um, Geelong will probably be too good for them. We'll get to that later, but. They've got some absolute high-end ta- talent, you know, with Zorko, Steph Martin, Dane Beams. Zorko, mm-hmm. if he was playing in Victoria, he would be getting that much more rap. He's an absolute yeah. superstar. Um, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be... I'm very happy we're playing this game at Cadinia Park because it'd be uh, not the easiest of games in the Gabba. Still not an easy game, obviously, but mm-hmm. much more happy to be playing them in, in Geelong and at the home deck. You look at their midfield and you've just mentioned Zorko, Beams under Steph Martin. I thought Robinson, the ex-Cartland player, he's been immense this season in terms of contested ball. He's a star. Stoppages. He, he's just gone next level this season. Cannonball type he's stuff. Just, yeah. uh, he's just got that hard edge to him and he's just loves, he's a, loves he's a bit of a, contact. Bit of a, a, a Cunnington type player. Yeah. I can make that. Make Absolutely. That, um, a bit of kamikaze type football. The, the young players, Cam Rayner, his last month has been... Immense. He's he's he's, he's going to be one of the best players in the competition in a couple of years' mm-hmm. time. Yeah, um, he's absolutely fantastic. He played for Sandy Dragons last year, and I saw a fair bit of his junior career. And he is. They used to just put him at one out in the square, and but he's just got that poise and that pace, and he's going to be an absolute star. Mm-hmm. And Eric Hipwood up forward is actually getting a lot of good service to him now in the last month, and he's performing well. He's a great leader to the ball, but. Yeah, Eric Kibwood, fantastic forward. Luke Hodge, he'll be back next week as well. Um, it, they will come out firing. Mm. It's not an easy... You, you think, oh, okay, we've got Gold Coast at home, we've got Brisbane at home. All of a sudden, last month, <laughs> and Hodge, Brisbane just turns it on. <laughs> and, you know, Gold Coast have knocked off uh, Sydney this week. So, But, yeah, Hodgie, Hodgie will be bloody stirring up. Hodgie will want to beat the Cats, obviously. Being Hawks, but, man, yeah. yeah. Hasn't got the greatest history with the uh, Cats, but... Um, is, is first yeah. quarter crucial here, Rich? <laughs> Absolutely. I think if we can get a good start and, mm. you know, get that doubt in their mind early. I mean, that's the same with any game, mm. but especially against a, a younger side. You know, you play your Carltons and all mm. that. You know, we gave them a sniff early on in the first half when we played them. It's just crucial that we, you know, you know, get off to a good start. I think it's a Saturday day game, so mm. we usually play well during the day. Um, hopefully we can... Um, do what he did to North a few weeks ago and just get the just get that good early lead and then just cut out the rest match, of the game. Uh, it was a nervy the whole match and the, the crowd were extremely quiet because we never pushed the margin. So if we can get a bit of a lead first quarter, get the crowd vocal up and about, I think then that'll be a good basis and, and we'll be right from there. I think the, the first quarter, the first 10 minutes will be really, really interesting to see. It's yeah. It's it's important to make a real big mark mm. on the competition this week and really put a bottom, you know, a bottom eight side out of out, to the know, sword in their place and mm, really to just the sword a bit. Yeah, that's right. And we really need to mark ourselves as a top eight contender and potentially a top four contender because mm. you know we're actually yeah. only With four Sydney points behind losing fourth. And Port losing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we are ninth currently, but as you say, we're only four points away from fourth. So we yeah we just we've got a pretty yeah. good fixture yeah. so you know despite the fact we've lost games to you know Essendon when they were going no good um, the dogs yeah. obviously slipping the game against Adelaide we could be you know in the top two but the situation has us hopefully 
sneaking into that top four and playing Richmond mm, at the hopefully. G. So inclusions or potential omissions from this weekend. Like the, the, at the time we're recording this, it's too early because we have, we don't have any news in terms of there's been any knocks or bruises that have come out from the match and that might be potential omissions. But uh, omissions or inclusions, I can say I'd, I'd keep the team as is potentially with the inclusion of Jordan Murdoch, but not essential in my view, Rich. Yeah, that's that's a good call. I mean, my, my one change without knowing any anything about availability uh, was potentially Murdoch in for Cunico after his fairly solid game mm. in the VFL. So that would be the one change I wouldn't yeah. be surprised to see. Um, but yeah, obviously it's too early to tell how mm. everyone else is tracking and yeah, how exactly. they've recovered. Yeah. Reece Stanley will go up against Steph Martin the weekend. Reece Stanley has just done the jobs on the best ruckman in the league. Back it up, Reece. Yeah, we want to see back, you back do it, it again. Back, back yourself in, Reece. We've been winning stoppages and clearances yeah. each week, so why not again this week against um, a less experienced outfit? He's got the fans outfit. behind, behind yeah. them now. Hopefully the fans yeah. are on a high now yeah. for the remainder of the year. Yeah. That amazing game... Mm. Um, you know the the Melbourne game. I mean, it's 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 amazing what a bit of confidence mm. can do for a player. So it's good to see him in in, in good form, and yeah, it's good to see um, that everyone is exactly. behind him. Yeah, Oof. positive signs. Uh, I'm I'm still a bit flooded with emotion after yeah. that two-week goal. Um, <laughs> I'll be sleeping well tonight. <laughs> I'll be sleeping about <laughs> Zach Tui after the goal, and also uh, Oscar McDonald down at. In your park. <laughs> have have fun Sweet in the drinks. twos, Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> Little jibe there. But necessary job. Nah, necessary he'll be, he'll be job. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. You can't get seven kicked on you and not expect yeah, a couple so of bit of flight. Hopefully, and I think we will. We should um, beat the Lions this week. Percentage, is that key, Rich? Or do we just want to go out and get a solid win? I mean... Percentage, percentage, yeah, it's not Keeve. I think. I think if we're finishing higher up the ladder, it should be fine. Um, but you know, we want to get that percentage probably above one twenty-five mm. if possible. Might come down to you know, to, especially against Hawthorne and um, Melbourne. I think it'll be it'll be handy. If, I don't think if we can, I don't think we can catch Melbourne, but I definitely think with the fixture we've got, we can overtake mm. Hawthorne. Um, yeah, but I think Hawthorne have got a quite a you know difficult draw. They've got. You know, actually, it's not too difficult over the next few weeks. But Essendon are going all right. They play Sydney on the Friday yeah, night this week. There, so yeah. there's a, there's so many fifty mm. fifty games. I mean, you know, Richmond are playing Collingwood. Um, mm. It's you know, it's a huge week of foot. Oh, huge yeah. month of foot. Adelaide, really. Adelaide um, North is so unpredictable. You can't. Running, yeah. So that brings it down to eleven clubs that could Absolutely. reach the eight. So. <laughs> I think there's something like nine. It's it's the nine clubs from fourth onwards that potentially can mm. miss out or make it. So it's. I've never yeah, seen anything unreal. like it. And let's just enjoy the the, the roller coaster ride while while we're in it. I think yeah, we just need to make sure the cat the cats just need to make sure you know that we do everything we can to win every game mm. for the rest of the year, or you know not drop exactly. any games. Yeah, onwards and upwards. Um, finally brings us to predictions and upcoming Clatter Cat of the Week this week. So Zach's uh, a late omission for this week. So. Hopefully, I can get three points on the board this week again with a, a three-match panel. 
start with Ol. Your upcoming Clouder Cattle Week, your most influential or your most surprise package for this week against Brisbane? Uh, I'm going to go one from a little bit of left field. Um, I like it. Quentin Narkle. Sparkle. Uh, yeah, as I said, I just thought he was really silky. Even though last night, not getting much of the ball, he's a smooth mover, and mm. we can or, we can see that. Yeah. So shampoo and conditioner. <laughs> it's just uh, <laughs> you know. Is that Garnier? Or <laughs> Could be a bit both. Could be a <laughs> yeah, it's a mixture. The uh, the knuckles. Spices. <laughs> oh, I think it's herbal es- essence, man. Quentin Knuckle, <laughs> your prediction? Your, your... Yes, yes. I'm going to categorically say Quentin Knuckle, the, the prediction. And margin, we should be aiming for a five-goal win mm. at least. Yeah. yeah. Rich, upcoming Clouder Cat of the Week and prediction slash margin. Yeah, I'm going to go with, you know, an easy one. Joel Selwood, I think, you know, is not huge on uh, against Melbourne last night. Oh, yeah, last night. But, um, you know, it was quiet on his, his standard. So I think he'll bounce back with a bit of a, you know, one of his traditional mm-hmm. bull games. Um, I think, you know, he'll impose himself on the contest and really want to fire the boys up for, you know, what should be a another win for us. And I think I agree with Ole. It should win by four or five, but... For prediction's sake, I'm going to go with like 40 it. points. Uh, 40. I'm going to go with Dan the Man Menzel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Five-goal Menzel. back. This was better than his first game. Three-goal assists, uh, more disposals, getting a bit more involved. He's got two games back, AFL level now. Third game against Brisbane. He could just be off the leash a little bit with the likes of... Uh, Hawkins up forward and a bit to worry about there. Dan could could get just floating a bit to some space, some marks. So I'm picking Dan for my <laughs> upcoming cloud account of the week. And like my margin, what do you boys say? 30 and 40. Do you, do you go 31 or 39? I think it's or 35 or 35. 41. <laughs> I'll raise your 40 and see. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Tactics again. I like it. Well, the taxis haven't paid off. So a three-match panel here. I've got to get some points on the board. It's got to happen. Let's, <laughs> let's see if it happens this week. Anyway. Give it away, Ronan. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, boys. You've been listening to the uh, the Canindy Clouder.